0: Hi everyone, welcome back to the final episode of Radio Gaga. Today we have a very special guest. You've seen him in theatres, you've seen him on your TV screens, you've probably seen him live on stage and for the first time ever, you'll hear him on Radio Gaga. This man needs no introduction. He is one of India's most famous actors and voice artists. Here's welcoming Mr. Baman Nirani on Radio Gaga.
1: So when are you going to introduce me? <laughs> Oh, this was for me. Okay, I accept. Before I, we start this, you know that you have to transfer money, TM, and all of that, right? No?
2: A principal.
1: Put this on the podcast, please. Make sure this Take it up with the principal if you want my.
0: Mr. Rani, thank you so much for being here. We are extremely lucky to have you today with us.
1: Thank you. You can call me Baman, it's all right. Really it is. Just say Baman, it's okay. It's not difficult. Just say it. I'm going to take it up with the principal for addressing me, Baman. Call him Baman. (laughs) Baman. Okay.
0: (laughs) Uh, Baman, you are known by all and you don't need any introduction. So can you tell us something about yourself that a lot of people would not know?
1: Uh, that's a difficult question because I I'm normally pretty open with whatever my thoughts are, my past, my learnings, and my wounds. Uh, I think they're all out there for everyone to hear. So I don't know. I mean, this is like a scoop you want for a for a for a yellow y- yellow magazine. No, no, no. Uh, I used to be an unpunctual young man, and now I'm very fastidious about punctuality. I think it's it's calmed me because being unpunctual used to make my work. When I say unpunctual, I mean not by an hour or something, but 15 minutes, and that, that should bother you. It used to bother me a lot, and I don't like having things that bother me when I'm in a creative space. I want to be in a happy space. I want to be in a space where I want to blossom. And th- this is good advice in many ways, not that anyone asked me for advice. But when you land up, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, driving, you don't know what excuse to make when you get there. I'm sorry, there was a whole bunch of rhinoceros that that escaped from the zoo and they came running towards my you know and when you get to your destination you're in a hurry and i'm unashamed to tell you all that when i was a young man i never took it so seriously now i take it very seriously people don't give enough importance to simple things like that that's all Uh, anyway
0: i think a lot of young people are not punctual and as they grow older they become more aware that you, know, you that
1: just time. call me old i'm sorry to overlap <laughs> yeah it's all right i didn't want to go there but you <laughs> went there never mind i didn't get personal you did all right no problem i'm gonna take this up with the principle oh <laughs> my God.
0: sorry for calling you old <laughs> as a kid you were diagnosed with adhd and dyslexia and a list was there ever time that you doubted yourself oh
1: yeah sure Uh, When I read about ADHD and dyslexia and dyscalculia is in fact become worse now, my dyslexia is now pretty, pretty okay. I didn't know about it then. I realize it today when it's so rampant and there's so many kids around us who are being singled out as duffers because of this condition. People call them duffers. Why are they They are not duffers? They just have a particular condition. Or let me put it simply, because my intelligence could be a creative intelligence versus somebody else's intelligence that could be uh, a mathematical intelligence. I f- was made to believe I was not smart in my heart. I knew that I'm pretty above average, but the lisp used to bother me and people used to laugh, but then the world will laugh at you and they're looking for a laugh. So let them laugh. You've got to fix yourself instead of feeling sorry for us. I never spoke till I was a biggish boy. Once I did, I haven't shut up. <laughs>
2: That's so cute. I agree with you. I don't think marks like, are a yardstick to measure how smart you are. And I also have a question for you. Are uh, you actually ambidextrous? I just remembered that. Um,
1: I can be if I choose to be. But uh, I, I kind of practiced a lot. You're talking about the shot in The Idiots. I practiced a lot simply because I wanted that moment in the film. Right. I sold the idea to the director and the writer. I said, how about making him ambidextrous? I knew that Sardar Patel used to write multiple letters at the same time. And that's a genius, right? And the reason why I wanted that kind of quality in this person was he compromised his genius to succumb to numbers. Ah, we are number 27. Then we're Forget it, yeah. If he was just an administrator, nothing wrong with him. But he could have been a rancho because he was brighter than a rancho. But he chose a life of numbers. To answer the question, I practiced a hell of a lot. So Raju said, when we shoot? I said, just shoot the goddamn thing. And it'll take all of 15, 20 minutes. And I will do it so that you don't say that I spend money on CG and all of that, which they did later on, of course, because the, the chalk kind of missed the link. Sometimes the reason why I did it was important to me.
0: It wasn't about the final product. It was about you doing it, the process yeah
1: it, it is about doing, showing a, a character dimension
0: so uh, your real life who you are and your character that you played in series are obviously like poles apart
1: no i'm exactly like that come what? home and check yeah exactly what do you mean what do you mean of course not uh, i'm not <laughs> at all like that most irritating man in the world yeah not at all sanju uh, <laughs> Yeah, you think I squirt water on people? On my girl, <laughs> I don't have a daughter. But
0: Maybe if you had a daughter, you would.
1: No, not at all. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, imagine if I had a daughter and ranbir Kapoor came along. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I would squirt fire on him. What the hell are you talking about? (laughs) Get out of my house, you rascal.
2: You've
0: had various jobs ranging from managing your mom's shop to being a photographer.
1: Right. And
0: a lot of times people are scared to change jobs and uh, do what they really like. So what advice would you give those people?
1: Why stick around doing something that you're unhappy doing? And what's stopping us? So you use the word scared, the fear of failure. So you've got to turn on and ask yourself, if you stuck around doing what you're unhappy doing, that's failure. I'm going to be miserable, but I'm not going to change because I'm afraid of failure. But doing something that I'm unhappy doing for the rest of my life is the very definition of failure. The only person who... Is offended by that failure is your own ego because you'll say "Uh, you know I can't tell people that you know I tried but I did not manage it. Trying is the fun part of it. Trying is the is the part of it that makes you feel that you're reaching a goal of your childhood dream. And I don't know everybody makes these rules. Now I have settled down and you know I got one. Okay, that's your problem. I believe the rules of the timeline of uh, you must get married at a certain age, you must settle down at a certain age and that's it. Those are rules that someone has made and I want to know who that guy is because I'm still searching for something. I'm still wanting to make good of all the promises I made to myself as a kid. And just because you accuse me of being old, doesn't (laughs) doesn't mean that I am at least... In my spirit, there's a big difference between being happy and having a successful career. So I'd rather be happy.
3: What would you define happiness
1: as? If I want to uh, work for till as long as I live, I should be happy doing that. So you spend most of your time working and you spend most of your creative mind feeding that beast. Creativity is a form of happiness. Happiness, yeah, for a lot of people, it means something else. It means, okay, ghar uh, car, uh, doggy. Um, doggy. You know, holiday. Yeah, all that is, of course, that goes with the territory. What are you doing when you're not on holiday? You are doing what you love. And if you don't do what you love, you're unhappy.
0: I wanted to say that when you were speaking about, uh, you know, uh, doing what you love and all that scene in Three Idiots actually just flashed in my head where Mm -hmm. Amal tells Farhan in the hospital that, um, you know, the letter was in your hand, the cab was at the gate. And, you know, all you had to do was go and tell your parents. Right. Whenever I get scared, I just think of that and I'm like, you know, I have to do what I love. And even though I'm scared, you know, you should
1: do what I you don't, don't ever be scared. No, <laughs> The only person who's going to be, you know, disappointing is your ego, not even yourself. This is supposed to be a little light-hearted. Huh? I'm it full of gyan, <laughs> gyan guru nonsense. it's
0: fine. Yeah. I think everyone's looking Good. for guidance in their yeah. Okay. So uh, that is the end of the first segment. And uh, next up, Natalia will take over.
2: Feel, boy, baby. Do a leap and make him dance when it come on. Everybody looking for a dance floor to run on. If you want to run away with me, I know a galaxy and Where the music do
3: Gaga. This is Natalia. Uh, let's talk about movies. What was the first thought that you had in your head when you wanted to go into the movie? How did that come about?
1: There was a great excitement to go to the movies, analyze them, watch them over and over again. So, so since childhood, I think it was a kind of a given that someday I'm going to end up over here. When? How? I don't know. Uh, I am going to end up over here. That was decided. That was decided in my mom's womb only. because I think I was watching movies from there also. Ah, okay, nice movie. I was very into the craft and, and watch movies almost every day. When you say watch movies every day, there wasn't a, a DVD or a VCR system. I used to go to the movie theater, to so the movie house. And I used to do that every day of my life. So at some point, I knew that if this is what my calling is, At some point, I am going to land up there if I pay my dues. So the point I'm trying to make is I used to read, watch, write, even as a teenager, every day. And I would go and see movies that were way out of my league. And I'm saying, why are so many people going to watch this movie? I would go and watch the movie because that's where I want to end end up. Even if I didn't understand the movie, if I got one little takeaway from the movie that was good for me. How did I get into the movies? I got onto stage first. Which is the correct thing, you know, pay your dues, learn craft, not learn uh, what it is to be a star. There are two ways of becoming a star. One is you're born with it and people will, uh, you know, they like you for your screen presence and they go screaming their heads off. And the other way is uh, do the craft. Right. But even if you do the craft, it's not necessary that you'll become a star. You'll be an actor. You might become a star, but you'll always be an actor. I never knew that one becomes famous doing this. I just thought I enjoy what I do. If wanting to be famous is on your list, there is no guarantee for that. But I can guarantee you if you are a mediocre talent or subpar talent and you work hard at craft, you will be an actor for the rest of your life. A star is a star only till the public chooses. Fame comes along as a byproduct of being an actor. Right.
3: Okay. You become an actor first. And then yeah.
1: And then, you know, all these guys who want to be famous, suddenly when they become famous, they big, wear big dark glasses. What for, man?
3: Yeah.
1: You know, that's what you, you, you wanted that. Now you are that. Now don't run away from it.
3: Everyone that's famous now is just wearing the big dark glasses and roaming around. We know that you're extremely popular for all your comical roles. But uh, do you think comedy can be tough sometimes since there might be days when you don't feel like putting on a happy face, but you still have to go to set in order to make others laugh?
1: I think that, you know, in most of the work that I do, I don't need, my characters never do have a happy face. And they aren't trying to be funny. And they aren't trying to be comical. They're just, the situation is such. So if you look at, say, you know, we keep referring to three idiots or so you may in a MBBS. I don't think he's being funny. He was near to having a heart attack most of the time. Yeah. You know, So I think that one tries to be funny. I mean, today, uh, the, the tough part of being funny is that uh, of a stand-up comedian. It's very difficult to go up there with one little mic and noth- nothing else and an audience who may or may not want to respond to you. That's really tough. I just stick with the character. And if people laugh, well and good. If they don't, they have to hang on to the character and what the character wants out of life. and what his drive is and I I follow the drive of the character and people laugh at characters who are in trouble most of the time. A sitcom like Friends, all of them have problems and we are finding uh, happiness and humor in their misery for some strange reason. Have you ever thought of it? Which are the sitcoms that you all watch? Uh, Name any sitcom that you watch besides Friends. Big Big Bang. Big Bang. Sheldon is a miserable old man, right? He's yeah. like my grand grandfather was really upset with the whole world and everybody's out there to ruin his life. He's crabby all the time. He's saying, when are we going to be late? We're going to be late for the movie. I told you, I told you we're going to be late, but nobody's listening to me. Now, is he being funny? Of course he's being funny. Is he trying to be funny? I don't think so. Because he's sticking to his character and what he wants out of the world. So, yeah, comedy is difficult, but I'll tell you when it becomes difficult. It's when you're really trying very hard to make people laugh. It's like, I got to be fast to do a hundred meter race. That's pressure. Comedy is not like that. Because if a joke doesn't work in, on screen, at least, it's okay. At least they are following what you want out of life. And they like to see you fail. And then eventually they do like to see you succeed. But you will be failing all along till the moment you succeed. People who go out of their way to make... are no, You don't have to try to make people cry. If there is truth, people will cry when they choose. People will laugh when they choose. Just do it truthfully. Stick to your want of the world.
3: You could really see this in Munna Bhai MBBS and you could also see this in Three Idiots because you really played your character to the T. And it was the entire situation that was surrounding your character that made it so funny and wasn't just your character's singularity.
1: Yeah, we've seen a film called uh, "Kosla Ka am I'm, I'm a con man. I'm a yeah. crook. And people are laughing away because of the delicious nature of the, the crookery. And they, they're going to see because they know this guy is going to fall on his face. And they're anticipating that because he doesn't know that he's being had, if no. you know what I mean. Let them decide what they find funny. Bamadi is not about a joke and a punchline. Remember that. People think that what it is.
3: How do you cope with when a movie doesn't do well at the box office?
1: My dear, dear Rishi Kapoor, May his soul rest in peace, you know, with all of his bombast and, you know, hey, I gotta, ah! there was so much wisdom, you know, underneath all of that. And he, he had said, never take your failures to heart. Uh, on the other hand, never take your successes too seriously either. Let it go to your head.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's important. If by Rudyard Kipling, you have to treat those two imposters just the same. They'll come, they'll go, you can't do anything. I work so hard. Okay, it's okay. Do, didn't do me any favors by working hard. And oh, it went and bombed. Yeah, okay, it bombed. What are you going to do about it? You've got to move on regardless, right? Mm-hmm. So the moment you start taking success and failure seriously, what you've got to do is learn from your mistakes. That's it. Go and see if you could have made a difference. Did we do something wrong? Make notes of that rather than saying, how did it feel, man? Why did it feel? I mean, uh, it failed. What are you going to do about it? You only learn from your mistakes. That's all you have left behind. Mistakes. And the experience of making the movie, which sometimes is a beautiful experience. I mean, I've worked on some wonderful shoots that didn't turn into box office uh, bonanzas. On the other hand, I've worked on a a couple of box office bonanzas that I might not have been happy doing. I I made so many crawls in the box. Yeah, okay, man. Did you enjoy the, the experience of the six months that you devoted in? No, I think I was not very happy. Okay, that's the success or failure of a film. And let me tell you, there are lots and lots of films, if you've really worked hard, And maybe if the timing was wrong, that's the only excuse I can give sometimes. Or for that matter, there is some genuine excuse. If it was a good film, it will get its due five years down the line also. It will. So you've got to say, okay, it was a good film. Munna Bhai MBBS failed when it opened. Nobody went to see it. I, I was in the state of shock. I said, what the hell is happening? And then somebody said, okay, the people who've come to see it are laughing and they're crying and they're loving it. 50% 50% of the audience. And this is not a multiplex. This is an audience that's in, in single screens. And 50% of the single screen is flop. But when you see their faces, they are having an experience. It's like an experience. This is not failure. These are numbers that have not hit the mark. But the, And then suddenly, always you can promote a film to kingdom come. Yeah. But the word of mouth is eventually going to work. And Munna suddenly went through the roof. Why? Because a good film. It will always be rewarded. Remember that. Oh, we didn't win the awards. Oh, That's okay. There's so many Oscar winning films that didn't win the best picture and some other picture won the award. And you turn, but 25 years down the line, which movie are you talking about? Saving Private Ryan lost best picture to Shakespeare in love. Does anybody talk about Shakespeare in love? Nobody. So that's the reward. An award is a very man-made thing. Money is important. I'm not saying no, but again, is ma- joy is something subliminal. Yeah. Stick to the, the joy of it all, the experience.
2: You're saying that the journey is more important than the destination.
1: Also, what the the film, uh, how it delivers, whether it delivers in number or in love, and... Durability and uh, a status 25, 30 years down the line. Great movie. Some people are referring to this movie even today. Yeah. Rather than some movie that made so much money. And which was was that? Oh, yeah, but it made 200. Yeah, okay. I don't remember. Doesn't make any difference.
3: I guess it just comes down to what people will remember after a period of time. It's the experience, that counts of making the entire movie. And I think you can uh, relate this to life in general and not just movies. But you need to learn from your failures. Sure. How big or how small they may be. Absolutely. You can always improve in the future. Yeah. And so my last question for you is, uh, do you follow any superstitions or do you do something a little weird for your movie to be a success? No? No? No. Okay, great. That's not it. at all. That's all. I tell you
1: the only superstition I have is if I, if I did a shot yeah. and, and if I went home and I'm sitting in the car and I said, you know, maybe I should have done one more take. There was one take inside of me that I did not deliver in front of the camera. If I, if I feel that way, I say, okay, I, I did wrong. You, you've got to give your all. That's the only superstition you should have. Give your all.
3: Okay, great. That's, that's all from my side. So thank you so much. And uh, we'll be back with Kayana. One, two, three, four.
2: Back to Radio Gaga, my question for you is What has been your most challenging role till date?
1: I think every role should be challenging,
2: yeah.
1: you should make it challenging. It shouldn't be, uh, I, I can do this in my sleep, I can do this left handed, you know. That's the worst thing you can do. The moment you do that, I think you, you should not do that film. Uh, but when you look at real pressure and challenge, it was a film called Kosla Gosla that I, that I mentioned a little time ago. Uh, it, it was a character that I was most unfamiliar with. He was the first character that lived outside of Mumbai, so all the characters that had done uh, up until then lived in Mumbai. This guy lived in uh, some corner in Delhi, and he was someone I did never met in that sense or his type, um, and it is a type. I'm sorry to say, uh, and I was miscast in many ways. So there was a great uh, apprehension about the casting. So they said, okay. He's a good actor. He's a Parsi, you know, he's a Bawaji from Bombay, South Bombay. How the hell is he going to do this? Uh, and they were right. And that is the challenge. That is the challenge because now you got the role and you've accepted the role. What is the, what is the thinking? The thinking is that simple. If I'm playing a Parsi, for example, it's as difficult when you think about it. Because I'm not that guy. He's another human being with a different mind, a different heart, a different history. So, how does that become easy? I still have to become another person. I still have to become another human being that I'm not. And that is difficult. It is challenging. This was more of a challenge because here I have access to tap into, you know, Parsi character. Just because I, I am Parsi doesn't mean I am exactly like those characters. Oh, easy, right? Yeah, easy. Hei. Correct. Uh, no, of course not. But the guy in Khosla Ghosla was a bit of a challenge because I had no idea who this guy is. I didn't know. I was shocked because uh, I, I was given some clothes and said, Who the hell wears clothes like this? And then one lady over there said, Hey, those are my husband's clothes. Okay. Buttons were made uh, of uh, crystals and they would call them Swarovski Wale Shirt. Shrosky. Who has Swarovski shirts? Swarovski Wale Shirt. So, I said, this is great. It's, it's, and, and that discovery is beautiful. So if you get lost in the fear of discovering, then there's no joy in discovering. So the challenge was there, but I enjoyed that role very, very much.
2: Hearing you say that actually made me realize no two of your roles have been the same. Like they've not even been similar. You haven't played the same person twice.
1: That's part of the a mandate. A lot
2: of people do well in a certain type of role and continue doing that. We've seen that with a lot of
1: actors before. However, it's one body, it's one voice, it's one, one, uh, one life. So you will tend to feel similar. And I try to change my voice registers for every single role that I do, but not be different for the sake of being different. However, part of the mental mandate is, um, let's not try and relive a, a successful character. That is definitely, or even, even a character that's done. It's done, he's another human being, move on.
2: For a lot of people, Bollywood is mostly to do with glamour, being followed by the paparazzi, high-profile parties. Being an insider, could you tell us a little more?
1: All these people who end up at, uh, 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 at the parties—believe me—they work like crazy. Uh, in today's youngsters, really work very, very hard, and it's it's what you choose to see. So they are a nobody wants to, uh, nobody is shooting or putting out their grind the hours that are spent, you know, to get to where they want to be. And it's hard work. You come on a set, look at me, you know, I sometimes come home and I am very proud of the way that I, I, my whole shirt sticks to my body with sweat. I'm almost 62 years old. And I say, I don't know how many 62 year olds are doing this, but it's not just me. Everybody on the set is sweating it out. You do one scene 25 times, you punch up, you get hit. Even, Even a simple dance, glamorous dance sequence. There are hours that go into those three and a half minutes. So, yeah, so it's glamorous. Sure, it's glamorous, but it really is hard. And one must respect that. Um, And it's not easy to go in front of the camera and then suddenly burst into tears in front of 70 people or 100 and 200 people saying, what's he crying for, man? Or suddenly, you know, you start laughing out of the blue. I mean, I remember during Munna, you start laughing. (laughs) (laughs) All those, the guys are like, yeah, what are they doing, man? What's, what's his problem? And <laughs> it can be embarrassing. Oh, suddenly cry. <laughs> What is he crying for? You've got to cut out the rest of the world from inside your head. And some of our youngsters today re- work really, really hard. You know, I've worked with Ranbir and I've worked with Ranbir and I've seen them rehearse and I've seen them do their moves and I've seen them uh, in rehearsal process um and there's great focus and they are allowed to party it's good everybody does bankers do everybody does you know everybody everybody work hard party hard go for it no problem no one will grudge you that
2: (laughs) so what is the biggest lesson you've learned in your career
1: oh there's a lesson to be learned every day right Two or three of the biggest lessons I learned is that you need to pay your dues. You can't say that, you know, because my mom says, or my Masi says, you know, you are, you know, you're the, the shiz. Is that the right word? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the shiz, huh? So, and the world will believe, feel the same way, wrong. Even if you are. Even if you are the most talented man that ever came out of India, you still have to pay your dues. Sachin Tendulkar, Virat Kohli, they're magical. Their bat moves like a magic wand. They stick around the longest in the nets. So, and you have to pay your dues. You can't say, I'm going to be captain tomorrow because I am good enough to be captain. No, you have to pay your dues. So that's a big lesson that I've learned. Second is, I think, don't let the perks of the job overtake the job itself. The job is about hard work. You know, putting your shoulder to the wheel. The moment you get distracted oh now I'm going to fly business class oh really and i'm been you know prom- I'm getting a suite now Guess what who's in a suite no <laughs> because then what you're happening the hard work that got you there gets forgotten. Why did you get to that position because you were working goddamn hard the moment you take your foot off the pedal all you have is a suite there's an innocence in hard work I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say when you go to college and you know you'll do your Thing on stage or even in school there is no money involved and there are no reputations at stake right yeah people are doing their thing and everybody's putting their heart and soul into it not worried about what people will you know whether it's going to be a box office whether i lose uh, my career will go nose diving no they're just doing it because they're having fun you go and and and, and there's a big difference between college and school when kids go on stage and they see their mom and their dad and they're doing their thing, right? Who are they doing it for? Box office results? For rating? For money? No! And there is something, there's a great gay abandon to all of us. There's a, there's a, there's a joy in, in performing and everybody's going nuts in the audience simply because there's an innocence to it. If you can maintain that and say that, you know, now if somebody tells me what to do at this age, because, hey, I am the shiz yeah. and now I'm being going, flying first class, not even business class. How dare anybody tell me what to do? No, there has to be that innocence of that kid who was standing on stage and the teacher said, OK, start. I think that's very, very important. Never let the innocence of how you got here come in the way of how you got to go even more ahead.
2: I think like you said, it all comes back to not taking success or failure very seriously and also try to have fun along the way. Yeah, right.
3: I think you should stay grounded irrespective I of where so. you reach in life. Yeah. yeah. I think
2: being down. Think the
1: young girls suddenly saying they call me Burman, they start calling me Burman. I mean, come on, man, what is this?
2: Call the <laughs> principal. <laughs> So, at the end of our show, we usually have a rapid-fire round.
1: I am <laughs> totally Yeah. Of the whole world is nonsense. Alright, <laughs> go for it.
2: We don't have very juicy questions like him, but...
1: <laughs> I don't have juicy answers either. Alright, go ahead.
2: Okay. So, uh, what is one thing you would put on your bucket list?
1: Make my movie and debut as a director.
2: Nice. So what is one of your weird quirks?
1: Quirks? I don't like being alone.
2: The best movie you've ever done, according to you?
1: Gosla, uh, Ghosla.
3: The best advice you've ever received?
1: I think the, the what Rishi Kapoor said. I think it's great advice. We'll get shattered. I failed. it. Move on. I think it's great advice. What is your hidden uh, talent?
3: Eating.
1: Eating. I'm superb at it, really. I
3: think all so, Yeah, I was
2: just at at gonna it. say that beat. I'm
1: so good at eating; it's not funny. I, I, I it's like a fine art. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and since lockdown, it's just gone up <laughs> yeah,
1: Okay, you can see my tummy from here. No, you can't. Oh
2: no, I'm talking about myself. Sorry. <laughs>
1: all right, all right.
3: A job you would be terrible
1: at. have you a terrible doctor? <laughs> I'll have a great bedside manner. I'll make the patient happy. Yeah. I, yeah. I'll motivate the patient. I'll make the person feel that he's gonna go on for a hundred years. But, <laughs> but if I had to, you know, if I had to be a surgeon, you know, oh, forget it.
0: The <laughs> so, top two favorite movies, apart from your first one, Kosla ka
1: Kosla. Yeah. The film called Well Done, Abba.
0: Okay.
1: I like it very much. There's something very sweet and, and beautiful about that film. And. I think uh, Jolly L.L.B. is a wonderful film. Uh, the last lie you told someone. The
2: last lie I told someone? Was it us? <laughs> <laughs> I <didn't> say that, <laughs> literally. Even I was thinking.
1: I didn't lie today. Can't quite remember, but if at all had to lie to somebody, it had to be about someone's cooking, maybe?
3: Oh God. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Superb, I really, yeah, beautiful. <laughs> loved it, loved it. <laughs>
0: If you were to write a book about yourself, what would you name it?
1: Chapter 1. Yeah, I mean, again, you're suggesting I'm so old that I need to write a book about myself. (laughs) Chapter 1. I'll write the first chapter. It'll be 600, 700, 800 pages. And then we'll do chapter 2. Next time, I got I got lots to, to to do, man.
0: So that was the end of the rapid fire session. With that, we come to the end of the show. Thank you so much for being here. We had a lot of fun. So
1: it's much.
2: genuinely been a pleasure to have you. I hope you also had a great time. I have
1: fun. It. I make make up my mind to have fun. I have fun wherever I go. I'm never. I'm hardly ever <laughs> grumpy. So I had fun. It went <laughs> off very well. It was very good, and I'm so glad we did something different. Thank uh, you so much. See you guys. See you. And it's Baman Uncle. Never mind.
0: thank you for listening in and stay tuned for our next episode